Welcome to the Food Professor Podcast, episode 46. I'm Michael LeBlanc. And I'm the Food Professor, Sylvain Chalabois. Well, Sylvain, we're back on the mic, back on the camera. I'm back from Vegas. Uh, yes. And, uh, that was uh, and how quite was your trip? It. How was your trip in Vegas? You know, the trip was the trip was fine. I mean, you know, as I, as I was sharing in that episode, it was a little freaky for me. You know, it was ten thousand people in one mask wear. That would be me. Um, <laughs> so, it, it, you know, it's my first trip to the United States. So it was, uh, you know, where COVID it, it, no longer long time, exists. Yeah. yeah, you know, but it was wonderful to be back in in the U.S. It was wonderful to be at a, a conference where many of my friends and business partners were and it was uh, it was great to get out and uh, speaking of which i'm really looking forward six more sleeps till seal you and i will be Seattle. together i know uh, together in, um, next week i just time is just evaporating yeah. but it this seems is going to be really great we're gonna mm. we're gonna talk to a lot of people we're gonna have our own kiosk uh, yeah it's gonna be great fantastic. Yeah, it's fantastic. We're the official podcast of the show. If you if you haven't got your tickets to the show, by all means, go because it's going to be fantastic. Uh, we'll all be getting together in Montreal. So Van and I, uh, you and, and I, we bring the second bring time your today. appetite because there's going to be a lot of sampling going on. You and I are doing something different. Our first ever live stream. So uh, we are going to try yes. going live, which will be just a pile of fun. We'll be doing a bunch of recordings for the podcast, but we're also going to go live at on the twenty first uh, in the afternoon, two p.m. And we'll send out some notes on LinkedIn and you'll be able to connect with us live and we'll stream and we'll talk about the show. Maybe, maybe you didn't make it to the show. Maybe you're coming the next day, but whatever, we're going to be live and maybe we'll have some special guests and yeah, you know, just, just going to be a pile of fun. It's just going to be a pile of fun. So just, yeah. I want to ask you a question. So as we live stream, if someone comes over to see us and, and say hello, uh, would we actually bring that person into the studio and talk well, to that's them? Well, the that's the hope, actually, is that people stop by and All say right. hi and we say, hey, Absolutely. good look. Yeah, I mean, that's that's the, the fun of live stream. Including I don't know what's today's guest, Carl Goyette. He's going to be at Seattle and he may actually come over to uh, for a visit. Well, that was a smooth segue to uh, the fellow son of Farnham, Quebec, Farnham. Uh, Carl Goyette. Farnham! <laughs> sons, of, sons of Farnham, done That's well. Right. Um, so, Carl Goyette, president he of He actually of- knew I was from Farnham, and we, we connected oh, uh, through social media. And honestly, I, I did not know he was from Farnham. and Because, I, I mean, it's a, it's a town of 8,000 people. there's not many of us around and so you kind of notice and that's why it was i was very happy and and he's been so successful and it's always Mm. i'm very proud to see uh, him uh uh, do very well in the in the food industry and uh because let's face it if you're doing well in the food industry you're you're in the hog business you're in dairy you know but this is really a a very urban product Mm. Uh, it's an Mm -hmm. urban focus uh, company yeah. right uh, publicly traded too so mm-hmm. it's uh it's a it's an exciting i, I think it's an exciting business really so it's a, I, I was fortunate to 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 see carl accept our invitation yeah it's and it's a great interview and uh i didn't know of the brand as i as you'll hear in the interview i, I didn't really participate in the category but then i did and uh i discovered some interesting stuff so stay tuned for that interview it's against carl Goyette, president and ceo of guru energy Corp, which is uh, Quebec-based, another fantastic reason to have another fantastic entrepreneur. It's wonderful to see. And speaking lots, of... Lots of great stuff going on in Quebec, I have to tell you. Like I, the food I, business, oh yeah. Yeah, it's it's really impressive. And I've come to know it even better thanks to this podcast. But, uh, you know, yeah. often we're talking about that. There's also great stuff happening in the wonderful province of PEI, 
for our trying stuff episode. That's right. Super fruit. Check that out. Very generous. All kinds of formats. Hey, eh? this is just wonderful stuff. They oh, got yeah. a, a snack size format here. Have you tried some of them? I have because there's so many. I've been trying different ones. I, I, I can tell you uh, maybe a bit of a hint as to the trying stuff episode. Wonderful. Just wonderful products and, and oh, uh it just you know, it just wonderful. pops and it's it you don't have to read the label to know it's natural. It just feels and tastes natural for sure. Yeah. And uh so we I've tasted some and my kids have all tasted them, they love it. But there are some products that I that I haven't tried yet, so for our segment. Yeah, same same with me, same with me. Uh so once again, super fruit uh puree, superfood puree from uh the wonderful PEI. We'll be talking about them on trying stuff. And then last, before we get to the kind of the news, uh, hot off the presses, Canadian Grand Prix New Product Awards yes. finalist have been uh, have been announced. Now, you and I, the Food Professor podcast for the third year in a row, is a sponsor of that uh, great event uh, yep. put on by Retail Council of Canada. And, you know, just part, we've always agreed, uh, you know, part of why we do the podcast, a great way to profile great businesses doing great things. And uh, so we'll be talking about that. A little later, and, and thank you summer. so much, uh, Michael, for the opportunity because you're uh, you have a great relationship with uh, with the Retail Council of Canada, led by uh, Diane Brisebois, who's been on our show before, and uh, it's great to have that connection. and And I think the Canadian Grand Prix program is just an awesome program to uh, to support and uh, and encourage innovation. And uh, well, Seattle next week is all going to be about food innovation and and the Grand Prix program also is about innovation that's right back to back you know we're in the places where food innovation is happening that's where we wanted yep. to live and talk about and this is you know, probably the essence of the show all yep. right let's uh, let's get on to some of the news uh, so let's yes. start with the, let's start with the federal budget so uh, a weighty <laughs> document you and i both know stepping back that there are many asks or many many asks of the federal purse uh, I was part of actually retail council's uh, formulation about what the retail industry wanted. So all these in, all these people come together and and they hold meetings uh, where everyone who advocates for whoever comes together and says, "I want you know from healthcare to roads to food to you know everybody says, "Here's what I'd like to see in the budget." You actually, I think you actually read the whole budget, which is, you know, a feat of, of strength. I needed a few gurus, you know. <laughs> yeah, <I guess. laughs> In general, what was your impression of, of, you know, again, from our food perspective, food industry perspective, what was your uh, perception of the budget? I don't know. Did, did you look at the budget uh, at a high level or? At a high level, I looked at the yeah. budget, yeah. Uh, did you find a section for agri-food and, and uh, food security or agriculture? Or I did not. I did not. Well, you couldn't. <laughs> mm. I, maybe I missed it there. in the small print or something. Maybe it was on page 292 or something, but no? You know, I, I think the Trudeau government uh, is, is consistent with itself, uh, focusing on the environment. And, and of course, it's, it's absolutely critical to uh, become better environmental stewards. Um, but this year is different. I mean, there's there's lots going on uh, with COVID and and now this this awful, awful invasion awful. of of Ukraine. I mean, uh, the devastation. But of course, we're likely. I hate to say this, but we're likely to see more people dying in nor- northeast Africa uh, mm. due to hunger than people dying because of the conflict itself. So mm. uh, so the the implications are grand and all, all eyes are on North America. So I was actually expecting something pretty significant from a food security perspective. 
looking at how we can help farmers with their cash flow. I was actually just chatting with some uh, MPs this week about this, how we can help uh, uh, our soil science to increase yields, how we can actually improve our logistics, all of these things. And yes, there were provisions for infrastructure, $1.9 billion over five years. But as you know, Michael, $1.9 billion over five years is to build roads and ports and everything you need. It goes pretty quick. Yeah, exactly. So, And, and there's no vision. And I've always seen uh, Canada... In light of trade deals we just signed with Europe, Asia, and North America, we could actually, with a really comprehensive logistical network vision, we can do very well north, east, west, south. I mean, we can do a lot of great things. But infrastructure has always been an issue. I mean, the CP Rail situation was another kind of an embarrassing situation. The lockout and everything mm. just put everything in idle and preventing businesses to do business and yeah. I, I the Canada's reputation is not great so I was expecting a lot uh, from the budget essentially the budget did a lot for housing well whether you agree with it or not they they I think they should have done the same with with agri-food mm. given the situation the world is in right now yeah you know as I mentioned before I was part of a a, a committee with ideas for Retail Council of Canada. So Retail Council of Canada represents all retail. And, and yeah. you know, on the other <clears> side, Michael Graydon represents food manufacturers. And, and at least it speaks with a unified voice. Here's the five things that as a retail industry, pri- largest private sector industry, need. So it actually goes to the government and said, here's our asks. Is there such, is part of the problem that there is no single entity, there's dozens of entities, all picking different places to ask for things from the government. Like, who would go and ask that, what you just asked? Who would go and advocate oh. for that? Who would go and make well, space for that? What, who's, the, who's the association or the group of people that would say, this is what we need for Canada? There, I would say there's Quebec and everyone else. Because uh, in Quebec, you have the very highly powerful UPA, which is the union representing farmers. And they, and they, they have a lot of power. And uh, so processors and retailers have to work with the UPA. So often the UPA is that voice, but they only represent farmers. But you're absolutely right. I mean, from a lobbying perspective, uh, Canada is highly fragmented. There's no very powerful voice. Uh, The Cane Federation of Agriculture has tried to position itself as a powerful voice, but unsuccessfully to be honest mm-hmm. and uh, and frankly it's unfortunate because na- just name a commodity wheat beef whatever you have dozens of group representing right a provincial commodity. federal like it's a oh, it, yeah there's got to be hundreds of them when i start adding up right it, a- a- it exactly feels, it, it feels like there's and again back to the rcc or i'm sure you know michael graden on the on the food side there's a unified voice that at least you know the members of parliament can get their heads around a specific but, but rcc it, works absolutely it's rcc is quite influential because of that absolutely yeah, yeah. and I, it's I mean, simple it for mps yeah it doesn't excuse our government leaders from the issue but at least it kind of helps raise its profile but maybe that's missing i don't know how to fix that but but, but it's, it's been a problem for for a very long mm. time and mm. uh, and and that's why i think uh, we need to make sure that uh, that groups work together again i was actually with some with a group in in manitoba 
proteins, big issue right now in ag. So these this protein war between animal and vegetable, what do we do? How do we position ourselves? And I would say that Manitoba is a really strong case study. Uh, it has been able to unify everyone uh, around a protein strategy. And the reason why they were able to do that is that they have few groups representing different commodities. So it was much easier. But when you go in other provinces, even Saskatchewan next door with a million people, it's hard to unify people around yeah. a common cause. Alberta is the same. Ontario is very fragmented as well. So it's, it's a huge problem for sure. And when it comes to ask, now right now you have a very urban focus uh, federal government in Ottawa. So they will look at agriculture through very urban lens, which is understandable. And frankly, there's nothing wrong in making agriculture or agri-food greener. I think it's, it's important. Uh, but I didn't see anything in the budget that would actually make the agri-food sector more efficient. And mm. that is that exactly what we need right now. All oh, right. Yeah. Uh, let me one little quick last thing, and then we'll get to our interview with Carl. Uh, inflation numbers coming out of the U.S. maybe portending what it's going to be here. Eight point eight percent. inflation numbers yeah. just since biggest number since what is it the early eighties? Uh, do you think that has yeah. some? What, what are your thoughts? You think that's going to you know resound or rebound into Canada as well? Well, no, next week. Uh, yeah, I'm, I'm particularly concerned, uh, obviously, because we tend to catch up to Americans. Uh, I mean, let's face it. I mean, consumers are noticing. They're noticing different things uh, like lobster at 20 bucks a pound. Did you see that? Incredible. Incredible. 20 bucks a pound. I actually had a chat with Lob- the Lobster Council of Canada earlier this week about this. And that's when you see sometimes uh, some marketing agencies in Canada have little thought about the domestic market and, and brand image. When you actually are selling lobster at 20 bucks a pound, <laughs> you're going to spook a lot of people. And people yeah. may, may actually be moving away from the product. And so we, we, so, cause of mm. course their, their focus is China, Asia, yeah. uh, that's where the money is, but now they're being hit by a six wave. So you got to rely on other markets. <laughs> and so, yeah, Shanghai, right. Completely locked down, running out of food. I mean, the, the zero tolerance policy in China is something to watch because it's something uh, to watch, but, but I do, I do uh, believe that, that what's going on in Canada with prices is going to yeah, yeah. get people Back to then. think differently next week. We're uh, oh, not next week, but in two weeks from now, we're releasing a new report on gardening and mm-hmm. on on april 26th and on, on april 28th we're actually releasing get this a uh, a animal uh protein base we're looking at whether or not plant-based products are cheaper oh. than meat products given the uh, price changes that we see uh, we we saw of late so uh, so we're going to be so we're comparing uh, essentially animal protein uh, with analogs. So we're excluding tofu. We're not looking at dairy yet. We're just looking at bacon, chicken, pork, beef, and analogs and see pound per pound, which is cheaper right now. Interesting. Yeah. That's super interesting. We've been talking about that over the series of the podcast. We've had some Trying stuff episodes and some guests, you know, Zogolos, I think about them as yep. a delicious product. Yep. We've always commented that the product's oh, yeah. quite good. 
So it's not uh, it's not a matter of sacrifice, that's for sure. So uh, so so we're 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 working with End Better Cart uh, Analytics uh, with mm. Melanie Morrison, CEO, and she's been on our podcast before. She, they can capture like two million data points in an hour. Wow. Like wow, it's wow, just wow. so we're able to do this now. We're actually we're able to look at all prices across the country and compare different food categories. Wow, so yep. impressive! All right, well, listen. Obviously, a story we're going to continue to follow. But for now, let's get to our interview with Carl Goyet from Guru. Well, we have a special guest joining us today, Carl Goyet, President and CEO of Guru. I've I've seen him on social media, uh, on television. I've heard him on radio, and I was just so looking forward to uh, to talk to him today. So, Carl, welcome to our podcast. Thank you for the invitation. Happy to be here. So, to start things off, tell us about yourself, uh, your background, and and tell us more about the brand Guru itself. How you became an entrepreneur, basically. Uh, Sylvain, I come from a small town. A small town that you know very well, Farnham. <laughs> <laughs> yep, absolutely. You know what, Carl? I forgot to tell Michael that we're both from the same town. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so that's a, that's a funny story. But yeah, I come from an entrepreneurial family in, uh, in small town Quebec in Farnham. And um, it was always very clear for me that I would, um, I would go, uh, I would be in business. And so normal path i went to cgep and then i went to business uh, in, in business and university and i graduated i started a career in in cpg so really sales and marketing in, in, a, in a few organizations but i always had that um, entrepreneurial spirit coming from from this background i guess and my family being entrepreneurs and in 2013 i met uh, i met the guys at guru uh, just um, just over a coffee and uh, there was a clear opportunity for me to to join as VP of sales and marketing, but also uh, to become a significant shareholder. And when did Guru start? Uh, started in st- 1999, right? 1999. Yeah, I was still in uh, in university back then. But the the fun fact is, I was always a fan. I was a fan from day one. Like I like to say, and this is this is a pure true story. I I built my career on Guru. Every time I. Every time I would have an important meeting or uh, I had a challenge, I would go and grab a guru. And like some, at some point, it became almost like a, a habit where if I didn't have my guru, I thought the meeting or the challenge wouldn't go well. So when I met the guys at Guru, it felt, uh, it felt really natural. Uh, remortgaged, remortgaged my house and uh, pretty much invested all my savings in, uh, in this business, which uh, I believe had tremendous uh, tremendous potential so that's that's kind of on me um the more interesting story is 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 clearly the the guru story right as we just discussed Sylvain, it's, yeah uh, yeah it's it started in 1999 right and it it started with uh, you know the founders being being college friends and uh, at some point one of them had was running nightclubs yeah. Uh, the, energy- the, the origin yeah. of the story, the guru story, seems to be rooted in the, in the rave community. Uh, or is it is it really linked to adventure travel? How do you how would you describe uh, guru's origins? Essentially, it, it really did. Uh, it did start in the nightclubs, but it was it was never kind of um, designed for nightclubs. Like, yeah, you have to. I have to tell you the story, but it's, the real inspiration 
is um, is a trend that was happening in the 90s. This trend was called the smart drinks. Not sure if you were out in clubs in the 90s, Sylvain, but there's a big trend. <laughs> yeah, uh, we yeah, were, a, absolutely. Yeah, that's it. So there was a few nightclubs that were sa- serving. They started in, in New York and in California, and then all we, it became very popular in Montreal. And the guys were basically blending natural natural ingredients, like we use today in, in Guru, um, but for hydration and energy in the nightclubs, mainly in after hours. Right? So that's probably where you got the, the rave. The rave uh, community, the rave community. Yeah. So after 3 a.m., when the bars in Montreal couldn't serve any alcohol, they would, they would serve uh, the patrons some, uh, some smart drinks. Right? So keep in mind, energy drinks in 1999 really didn't exist. Right? Red Bull was not even launched in Canada. It was becoming more popular in Europe. But yeah. it was already it was being made with uh, with artificial ingredients. So the founders said, "Well, we like the idea of an energy drink. We like like the popularity of uh, of the smart drinks, but we'd like to offer this in in a ready to drink format, right? Always being natural from from day one. The product was always natural, but it wasn't marketed." as a market as a natural organic product from the that's the right yeah i remember yeah, yeah. yeah. I, I never associated guru initially uh, uh with with uh, the natural movement or no. using natural ingredients because it was it was just not marketed that way no never, never probably for the right reasons i wasn't i wasn't part of the business back then right but i think they first needed to build the energy drink category right so most of the most of the marketing was being done around energy, right? And where on consumption occasions and what it does and the functionality of the product, much less, uh, much less on, on the natural and the healthy alternative to artificial energy drinks. Yeah. So that's kind of how they started looking back and say, well, they could have dialed up the natural aspect maybe a little bit more, but the industry did not exist back then, right? And they were obviously inspired by some other brands and what other brands were doing. And this is really with the change that, you know, I guess I made with the team when, when I joined, right? I saw this big opportunity for a better for you alternative to artificial energy drinks, right? Offering a natural and this is where really the, I think, the pivot or the repositioning of, of the business and the brand started. Right, right. You're, um, you're in a very competitive space. I mean, let's face it, uh, it's <laughs> super competitive, but you seem to be doing very well. How, how would you describe your, uh, your distribution strategy as a company? And I mean, we can buy your products pretty much everywhere. It's very accessible. Um, how do you describe your approach versus your competitors? I think we're we're very different from our competitors, but we from a distribution uh, from a distribution point of view, we are very similar because we mm. cater to the same uh, to the same occasions. Right? There there are a few occasions in energy drink conceptions that you need to be there, and that's why that's why you're 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 absolutely right. Uh, if I'm glad your perception is that we're everywhere because that's the goal, right? We, in in industry terms, we call it omni-channel. So whether it's whether it's convenience stores, which is the main the main channel, right? convenience stores represent over seventy percent of the sales in in the industry, right? Grocery and drug play a role, um, not done exactly the same role as convenience, and increasingly uh, online plays a role as well for not so much for the occasional uh, consumers or not so much for the impulse buy, obviously, 
yeah. but very much for the the loyal regular consumers, especially as now more of them are working from home. Right, the consumers are um, are more the educated professional, the white collars working from home very often, and they want the afternoon pick me up, for example, which is a huge yeah. mm. which is a huge occasion for for Guru. The um, about in 2015, uh, Carl, I actually had an opportunity to live in Innsbruck for a year with my family. I was a visiting mm. scholar at the University of Innsbruck, which is actually half an hour away from uh, Red Bull's head office. And yeah. uh, so, so I had an opportunity to visit the, the head office. I was very impressed by their marketing approach. Uh, they have, they spend a lot of money on marketing, as you know, and sponsorships and uh, positioning their products as a, as an energy drink, uh, as a leader in the market. How do you compete against a product like that? <laughs> well, that's we don't compete. We, we, You're I just different. The, the, the short, the short answer very is carefully. Be, no, yeah. the short answer is to be very different. And you yeah. said you, you you said it yourself. It's an extremely competitive industry, and the, the worst thing that we could do is try to to copy them. Right? There are so many brands who just tried to do the exact same thing that Red Bull did. Right? And Red Bull did an outstanding. They mm. built an outstanding brand, but it has its well. First, it has very different ingredients uh, versus Guru, and it has a very different brand positioning. And I think from in our industry, we've learned because we've been around for a long time that it's it's not enough to only have a great product. You have to have a great brand, and we are building a brand. In order to do that, we have to to be very different. There's no point in trying to do exactly what what Red Bull has done. There are consumers who actually reject what the the brand positioning of Red Bull is. You know, basically, create they created a category, but now it's it's up to innovators like yourself to find your own. Position and now one thing you do a little different, I think, than many is this uh, direct selling piece. I want to just talk about that and uh, spend a bit of time on that. So you know, how do you pull that together? You, as you said, you know, your C stores, uh, convenience stores, probably seventy percent of your consumption. I bought my Guru on Amazon, had it shipped. <laughs> you sell direct. You've got subscription services. So how do you talk a little bit about how you merge the wholesale and retail? elements of your business yeah. i mean you started in sales so you would yeah. know the conversation with with uh, the big customers how yeah. do you create that one plus one equals three a lot of brands are trying to figure this out how do you approach it i'd say it was probably maybe we were a little bit ahead of the game because we've been we've been uh, active online for a very long time because mm-hmm. we knew from consumer insights that our consumers actually that the the guru consumer is as we mentioned a lot more educated, a lot more professional, and they they um, they are kind of the forefront of technology. So even years ago, they were shopping online. We knew that. So it started earlier. I would say now that like we are now more in a post-pandemic phase, everybody has realized that this omni-channel is 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 uh, essential. Even in CPG, right? Even retailers are accepting that. Retail is not the only way to buy CPG. For us, you know, the, a case of Guru is, is a little bit more expensive. It makes mm-hmm. sense. Shipping costs are high, but the margins are good. So it, it makes sense in our business. It doesn't make sense in all the beverage categories. For example, if you're say, like selling cases of water at $3.99, there's no way you're, you're going to be able yeah. to, to pay shipping. So it, it works in the energy drink category. Mm. Um, so I think that's the first point. The other point on why I think we've been successful is we've been um, smart in not trying to compete with retail. 
right? Although the margins are great, we, mm. we are very careful in pricing to make sure that this, the website doesn't compete with retail. Actually, consumers sometimes complain. On, yeah, you still, on, need, on you still need to offer a good value proposition, That's right? It. I mean, to be viable, I mean, other than just being a great marketing technique, to be actually yeah. viable and to act, and you, you and I know that, you, of course, you make more margins selling direct, but you have more costs, right? You've got to build the yeah, volume, which is not easy. Costs, right? Uh, yeah, shipping costs are, are high. Yeah. So as long as you're not competing when selling cheaper than retail, Mm-hmm. Right? Because they're, in theory, the, the consumer gets more value. They get a, a case delivered straight to their door. Yeah, it's it's convenient. They don't need to carry it. So we're okay with the consumers paying a little bit more than if they were buying at retail. Obviously, the consumers would love to pay less. Yeah, right? sometimes they don't understand why it's more expensive on our website mm-hmm. versus mm-hmm. buying at retail. But for and us, it's, it's, and it's still and it's still worth your while because I, I've been talking to brands who, you know, are starting to question the economics, the unit economics behind what they do. Because as you know, it's not like you know, shipping is one cost, but you also have to build audience. Like you've got, you know, to make it viable, you've got to build not more than just organic people stopping by the website, right? You've got to build, no. you got to, you, you got to put a lot of people effort, smart people, as you said, behind it, right? So it's still worth a while yeah. for you. Still a good strategy. But you get the double benefit, right? Because as you are adva- advertising online, we call it top of funnel, where we're building awareness and consideration sure. for the brand. You have two opportunities to convert, right? Your consumers mm-hmm. can decide to buy buy on your own website but right. very often we know that they they see our ads online and then they go buy they go buy it at uh, at the convenience store you create a habit yeah yeah yeah, yeah. That's it. so they first like for, from a trial perspective somebody who's never tried a, a guru will they put 48.99 on a, a case of 24 that's a bit of more of a stretch right yeah but they, they might buy a can or they may we might sample them somewhere in the marketing event whatever and then they love the product buy it online, deliver straight to their door. You know, it's interesting because my, my path, we all talk about consumer paths. Uh, you know, I didn't know the brand. I, I'm not an energy drink uh, customer, but, you know, we're interviewing. So I always like to kind of try the product. I found it on, I found you on Amazon and you sell, <laughs> I think it was a mixed pack of like a sampler pack, four <laughs> units. You know, I'm a prime member. So it was shipped to my door for free. And, uh, you, you know, something you said resonated with me yesterday. I was hosting a virtual session all afternoon. So you got to have a lot of energy and you got to be up and, you know, I'm moderating panels and stuff. You have to do that twice as much as Sylvan knows when you're in front of a camera <laughs> versus people. Yeah, almost every you know. day. <laughs> um, and I, I cracked the code. You know, I used to, I poured this giant uh, drink bottle filled with ice and a guru. And it was amazing. It lasted the whole session. So I just wanted to say, you know, it was, yeah. a, it was a great experience. And, yeah, uh, and there's no doubt it works. Right, that that that's the beauty with this, right? Yeah. It, it does have the functionality, and it does give you energy. Yeah. And so this, you know, many products. And, and Michael, made, you had a good you had a good sleep, Michael, last night. You well, slept well. <laughs> yeah, once I got there, yes. Uh, yeah. <laughs> once I got there, uh, yeah. No, you know, just like a couple of coffees. But I'm just during, curious, yeah. uh, Carl. Mm-hmm. Like in terms of demographics, mm-hmm. uh, I mean, we're all, we're both over fifty. I mean, it, <laughs> are, are, are a lot of people actually buy drinks, Guru? Uh, in in like for yes, like, when more you look and more. at Xers and and Boomers, uh, are, are these generations uh, very important to for your brand? Not the Boomers. Um, the core the core generation is is the Millennials. Yeah. Mm. Mm-hmm. And we tend to divide when you look at insights, you divide the, the older millennials and the younger millennials and then now the Gen Z's, right, which are the, mm-hmm. the up and coming. The older millennials tend to be moving faster 
towards better for you, right? They're, they're, the older millennials are really the, the generation that's driving better for you. And that's not just in, in energy drinks. It's in the whole food categories because older, older millennials, are, they're getting married, they're starting to have babies, and they're adopting healthier habits. Mm. So older millennials are a prime target for us. But as the industry is maturing, some older people are, are, are also consuming, right? Is it an alternative for them to a coffee? Absolutely. Is, is that, is that Absolutely. why they're getting into the category? Absolutely. Yeah. Mm. But the millennials are more, much more receptive to energy drinks, right? Older, older generations have seen the media around why, you know, there's a lot of stigma. Right? There's yeah. a lot of stigma around energy drinks. And that's, mm-hmm. yeah. that stigma is probably the biggest opportunity for us because we changed that stigma, right? Because that so, stigma is not attached to the brand guru uh, as much as with other brands, correct? Not, well, not, not once you know the brand, but that's the marketing challenge. It's right? attached it's, to the it's, category. It's, yeah. it's, it's just that we're trying to reject as many category codes as we can. But we have to adopt some, right? It's still sold in a small can. It's still sold in convenience stores. It's still an energy drink. We're not trying to be anything else than an energy drink. But it's the better for you, healthy energy drink. And that's, that marketing message is always a challenge to, to, come, to, to push across. Right? Last couple of questions for you. Um, and then I'll pass the mic uh, back to Sylvain to bring us home. But uh, you, I was looking at your, your board and your advisors. You've got the, the who, who's who of Quebec business. Talk about how you uh, wrangled that, such a, a, an esteemed group of investors and board members. Like, talk about how you operate it. I mean, it's a wonderful Quebec-based business, so you know, we're thrilled to uh, see your success. But talk about how that's grown for you. Yeah. It's funny. I never, I never thought about it this way. But... <laughs> uh, <laughs> I think you know the the, the key point is there, there are some uh, how we attracted these people. I guess mm-hmm. the number one would be the number one reason would be the challenge. Right? We talked mm-hmm. about we talked about the industry. Uh, we talked about the mission uh, at Guru to to really transform this industry. So it's this mission and challenge speaks to a lot of a lot of people. So I think that's probably the one reason why they were attracted to the challenge. The second piece is, I would suspect, is um, you know, I'm proud to say our business and our people and our the founders, myself, have have the highest standards of authenticity and integrity. I, I like to believe that we have a very good reputation. So when we approach these these people, they um, not only like the challenge, but they also wanted to to uh, to work with us. And the rest is, you know, as we when we decided to go public. Uh, a year and a half ago right, to accelerate our business, there, there are certain, as you know, there are certain guidelines and guardrails that you need to put in place and putting together a board with a certain set of experience was also a component to this. So we look, you know, what's important for me to have a marketing person. We needed a head of a audit committee, but I also wanted a head of audit committee that understands convenience stores, distribution, mm-hmm. retail, you got some right, from Bouchard. Also, that's that's a good. Yeah. <laughs> exactly. So we got good. someone Bouchard, from Bouchard. Sid, Sid Lee. Come on. Sid Lee. Yeah, and then yeah, we yeah. had someone who was the, the head of the, the TSX, right, from a regular. I guess my, my point there was, like, the, the people on your board have got a lot of choices of boards to be on. And so congratulations. I mean, they, they okay. could choose, well, you know, they could choose. Where no, it's, it's worked out extremely me. well. It's, it's extremely well. The board is very engaged. We spend, obviously, a lot of time together on, on strategy, and it's uh, – it's been great, right, to be surrounded with uh, such a, a wealth of, of experience and debate uh, the strategy. 
That's great. No, uh, I mean, you are a leader, a leader of a very, very strong brand in Quebec and across the country. And uh, I'm just wondering, uh, what's next for, for Guru? What are your plans for the future at this point? Oh, well, it's, it's, uh, the, obviously we're, we're, we're very ambitious and the mission to transform this industry is a, is a huge challenge. It's a, it's a $15 billion industry that we really believe will change in the next decade and that, uh, it's going to change for, for the good. So that's, that's really what the focus is going to be, right? So, so I can speak to two things. I can speak to obviously the products and also the markets, um, The products are, you know, product innovation is, I, I'd say we can't reveal all our secrets, but the past is probably a good predictor for the future. If you look at what we've done, right? We, we've been very focused on energy drinks. Mm -hmm. That's, that's something that we've done. We've been focused on being very different uh, from, uh, from our competitors in terms of ingredients. And we've been very innovative in terms of, instead of launching flavors, right? Which is the key trend in the industry where, Everybody's launching the can a new candy flavor, or we launched new plants, right? Because we believe that energy should come from nature and it should come from plants. So we're going to continue doing that from a product perspective. There, the, Mother Nature's offered us so many great ingredients that can provide energy and focus to consumers that uh, expect more on that front. From markets, I'd say we're, we're not going to be innovating that much from a market's point of view. Um, the North American industry is a $15 billion industry. Uh, we discussed the omni-channel uh, strategy. So it's, it's, for us, there are a lot of opportunities and we need to be very, very focused. We're very clear on the strategy, which is focused on continuing to grow Quebec, expanding our brand in Ontario and West. And Atlantic, obviously in Canada, but also being focused in, in California, uh, in California in the U.S. So this is the markets that we're going to be focused on in the, in the short term. And uh, I haven't looked, but uh, I can we buy Guru drinks where I am right now in uh, in Tampa Bay, Florida? Yes. Any okay? Any, I will look any for Whole it. Foods. Any Whole Foods would uh, would carry our products, or in any natural food stores. It will be in some uh, some conventional groceries. For example, it, you might find it in uh, in in, uh, in CVS. You might find it in Rite Aid. You might find it in Publix. Uh, but it, your sure bet in Tampa is uh, your sure bet is is Whole Foods. Is Whole Foods excellent? Yeah. I will I will look for it absolutely. Listen, Carl, <laughs> uh, Carl, thank you so much for uh, joining us on the Food Professor podcast as a fellow citizen former citizen of farnham I, i i assume you don't live in farnham anymore as a no 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 i don't <laughs> when did you uh when did you leave farnham just i'm just curious when, uh, for school when i went to university okay yeah. same for me same for yeah, me for, great community farnham so for people listening in uh, who wouldn't know where farnham is it's about one hour south of montreal as soon as you start smelling manure you're home <laughs> <laughs> well, let me let me tell you from my perspective, the sons of Farnham have done well. So congratulations. <laughs> the Cal Gayet, president and CEO of Guru, uh, thank you so much for joining us. Thank you so much. All right, welcome back. This is our Trying Stuff segment of the show. Very exciting. Trying Stuff, love this segment, and I missed doing it uh, in our last episode in Vegas. We've got a very special product, uh, super, fu super Fruit puree from PEI, the wonderful province of PEI. Check that yes, out. Yes. Very absolutely. generous. 
thank you so much to these folks. Yes. They sent us all kinds. I, you know what impressed me right off the top is the number of different formats. So they got a I squeeze know. bottle format, right? Here's your yeah. squeeze bottle format. And they got these pouches, right? So here, I got That was a surprise to me. I had that. no idea. Talk about something you could just put in your briefcase or take with you or when you're traveling, right? I could have used yeah. these in Vegas. I, I, I should I have know. thought about this, you know, just to add to some granola or whatever. This is fantastic packaging. And uh, my kids, by the way, my kids love them. It's very and, and practical, so many, very easy. Yeah. 100% natural, no sugar added. Uh, this one this one I'm looking at is blueberries, strawberries, cranberries. Beautiful mixture. Yeah. On the go, smoothies, yogurt. That's the you can freeze right them and there. make a frozen treat. Is, so what are you uh, trying I, first? Well, I got some yogurt with some granola. Oh, do you? Okay. Yeah. And I'm going to so put I'm, in the... Um, I'm going to do the same. I, I have some Greek yogurt here, which oh, I love. Okay. And I'll be using... Uh, Fruit toppings. Nice. Right and that's there. a blueberry. I'm going to do yeah. the same thing, except I'm going to do uh, the strawberry. Strawberry with a little blueberry in it. So okay. let's give this a try. Actually, between you and I, the strawberry's already gone. <laughs> <laughs> you know, my learning from this yeah. is a little bit goes an incredibly long way. I know. There's a lot of pop there. So There's, there's a lot of pop. So and I haven't tried this one. I didn't I tried put anything else. It's just Greek yogurt and... Uh, fruit toppings. So I got a bit of honey. I, I like to add a little bit of honey. So this good. Is fat. Oh, yeah. I feel healthier already. Oh, my goodness. Like, what a pop of flavor. And, um, you know, you know, you and I debated about, not debated, sorry, that's the wrong word, but you and I have talked about accessibility to fruits and vegetables and prices and yeah. off-season and on-season. Well, you know, we're in the middle of not the season for this stuff, but it, it tastes as fresh as putting... It's it's fantastic. So oh yeah, delicious. absolutely. Well, now, we've been this, using it, it a lot for for ice cream, of course, and 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 yogurt as well. So and it works so well. I mean, it doesn't matter. You just pour it, and you can actually. So in the morning, uh, my wife actually uses fruit toppings on oatmeal. Now, is this a big category um, in re, in retail like this? In puree, well, it's uh, it's one of those. Uh, you know, it's, it's you don't you don't buy these every day, but I think this is worthwhile considering because of the, how you can consume this. Uh, like, for example, for snacks for kids or snacks to to go anywhere. Like you said, you can froze, freeze them. You can bring them. The list of ingredients is basically yeah. well, there's nothing. So. They, they don't even add water. I mean, it's just right. Well, anyway, listen, this is a wonderful product. Yeah. Uh, proud to be uh, a proud so Canadian. Pouches, to you. And I mean, I got to tell you, I mean, this is a really great Canadian product. And uh, I'm hoping that they'll get more more traction yeah. in the years to come. Well, yeah. it's fantastic product. Uh, I, you know, like all of the products we've tried, they've all just been so delicious. This one, yeah. um, again, impressed by the number of different formats and just the I, – I was surprised. Like when I, when, I, when I think of fruit from a bottle or from a squeeze thing – you know, right off the top, you know, we talk about stigma with Carl. My stigma is that it's artificial and I don't know what I'm getting, but this stuff was the complete opposite of that. And uh, I was very, very impressed. So yeah, congratulations to our friends at Superfood Congra- Puree. Yeah. And thank you very much for, uh, for sending this along, uh, even uh, if I'm in Florida. But uh, this is, uh, it's a keeper. Uh, we're going to, we're going to keep this, uh, these products on our grocery list for sure.
Fantastic. And this is a good yeah. opportunity to remind the, the listeners and the viewers, because we do have a YouTube site, that this uh, yeah. there's no obligations here. This product is just supplied by different vendors, so there's no sponsorship. No it's just yeah. people send us stuff, and we try it. So that was our Trying Stuff segment. All right, back to the show. Uh, last couple of things uh, I want to just chat about. Um, uh, the uh, the great chip war is over for now. Uh, yes. So we, uh, so At least one war is over. Uh, the skir- let's call it a skirmish more than a war uh, to yeah. be um, to be fair. So I guess uh, you know as these things go, it's been resolved between uh, Frito Lay and and uh, and Loblaws, and they're going back onto the shelf. The interesting thing for me to watch is. Uh, what happens now to those brands like Peter Neal and and uh, Humpty Dumpty and whatever that stepped in to fill that void? You know, I think I think that's uh, you know it'll be interesting to watch to see if what they did to help uh, and fill the void in, and frankly, for a lot of consumers to test product they may not have ever tried. Yeah. So it'll be interesting to oh, see yeah. the outcome, right? Absolutely. Uh, now, Loblaw did state that they'll carry as many in terms of volume the same thing as before the feud. Uh, so you're right. I mean, what, what will happen to uh, the Peter Neals and other products mm-hmm. that have actually been able to capitalize on this uh, stop sale? Um, first, well, first of all, I'm happy that uh, things got resolved, to be honest. It's just, it just doesn't look good uh, on the industry at all, uh, a feud like this. It was very public. It was mm-hmm. not pretty. Mm-hmm. Uh, we've seen stop sales in the past, but this one was very public. And yeah. uh and uh, I, I do believe that the Ukrainian invasion uh, kind of allowed the story to disappear. Uh, mm. I, I think it, uh, it just allowed, I think, both Loblaws and, and PepsiCo to go back to the table, look at the numbers again, uh, and uh, agreed that this is not the right outcome for both. And so yeah. I was very pleased. Uh, but my, my guess over the next little while, I don't know about you, uh, but my, my guess is that consumers will, will get a lot of promotions. <laughs> <laughs> they, they'll, when they visit right. Chip Isle, uh, especially with the NHL playoffs coming, I suspect mm-hmm. that there'll be a lot of deals uh, and, and Frulé will want – uh, more business. I, mm. So, because as you know, Frito Lay is very good at store merchandising. One of the best companies, really. And uh, I think they'll they'll be working very hard and in, in reengaging with the public in, in Loblaw stores. And but the other thing that got me thinking in terms of costs, we may actually see a little, you know, more uh, shrinkflation there going on in the chip aisle just to control costs. All right. Well, we'll uh, talk further about it. So that's great. Uh, let's wrap it there. You and I will be seeing each other for a few days. It's looking forward to seeing you again, Absolutely. my friend, in person. We're going to generate lots of content and see lots of stuff at Seattle. Again, stop by the booth. Uh, join us. We'll be doing that live stream at 2 p.m. on uh, the 21st uh, from uh, live from Seattle from Montreal. Until then, I'm Michael LeBlanc, president of Emmy LeBlanc Company, Maven Media, a bunch of other stuff. And you are... I'm Sylvester Alboa, the food professor. Until next episode, thanks everyone and stay safe. Take care.